Oh no. You can't spoil truly good story, Kevin. Great. Oh, hi, Scottish Grandma Adam. Hello, fellow witchers, sorcerers, and sorceresses. Welcome to Vassals of Kingsgrave, where today we'll be discussing the fourth novel in the Witcher saga, Tower of the Swallow, or Tower of Swallows, depending on the country of origin of the book that you purchased. Um, today we'll be discussing the first half, we'll say, chapters one through six. We'll try not to spoil anything after that, though... There are not readily available summaries for these books online by chapter, so we've done the best we can to make sure that we're not spoiling beyond that. Apologies if we mess up. We're not we will. being be okay. paid for we're not <laughs> being paid for this. My name is Kevin, and Uncle Kevin on the forums, Discord, and wherever you find me in life. And today I'm joined by Marie. Hi, uh, Mary in real life, and Nymeria on the Discord, and VUK, basically. <laughs> Bing? Uh, hey, this is Bing. Uh, I don't know if I'm actually, I'm actually Shoe China anywhere now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I used to go by on the forums, Windows sort of thing. And now he's so iconic, he just goes by Bing. Like Cher. <laughs> or Cash. Sure. <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> nice David hi I'm David HHH on wherever the hell you find me (laughs) and Adam yeah he's Adam also known as Drown Snow and he's excited to be known as Drown Snow so don't put words on now wait we're not getting paid for this I'm out I'm out (laughs) (laughs) so Today, as I mentioned, we'll be discussing Tower of the Swallow. Um, Again, if you bought it from a porn shop, it's Tower of Swallows. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's if you bought it in a U.S. version, it's Tower of Swallows. Um, So we'll get started with our normal customary beginning, which is rankings out of five. Normally, we have a nice discussion about what the rankings might be, but I think we've predetermined that... This go around, it is dishonest beekeepers, lying beekeepers. Mm. Okay. Unless there the is a beekeeper. <laughs> so, do we have a brave soul to kick us off? I honestly don't even remember like <laughs> what this is referring to as a unit. So, um, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Uh, no, the, bee, uh, the beekeepers who lied to. Who lied to Geralt and company to get right. them to provide safe ah, passage? Right. Okay, 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 it's back. Um, so, I actually really enjoyed this book, although it's it's it is frustrating, but it is a page turner. So, um, it's a bit it it's a bit complicated, I guess. It's the same for the next book as well, um, probably in that I really. I, I was really into it and and reading impulsively, um, but but I I stayed quite frustrated I think uh, for a while in this book. Um, but it's really nice to get Geralt and everyone. The little company is it, quite nice. He's in fellowship. <laughs> yeah. So as ratings go. I'm going to be like maybe a four, yeah, out of five, whatever, beekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'd probably give it around 2.5. Um, the the series stuff is really rough to read, in my yeah. opinion. Really, really rough. Uh, like, Leo Bonhart is not someone, like, one of the yeah. most unpleasant characters I've ever had to encounter in your literature. Like, he's up there with, it's like some of the worst like like the bones in in in, in, in uh, Song of Song of Ice and Fire, so um, uh, and, and these chapters just have Bonhart sort of triumphantly destroying the, the the rats who weren't good guys themselves, but right. also torturing Siri, and that is just mm-hmm. not pleasant to read, to, in my opinion. Um, 
the the Garrett stuff, uh, it's pretty slow to get going and getting going, but uh, I think it does pick up uh, towards the I guess uh, chapters five and six. Um, so 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 that's I think much better. Um, so yeah, I think it averages out to like three point five. Agreed, Adam, David. Sorry, I was coughing for a second, so I muted. No worries. Um, I, I'm going to probably give it a three. I feel like, I mean, I think one of the problems we're going to have is when we cut it off, not a lot has happened yet. So I don't know. It's like series story, like you said, is somewhat un, is pretty unpleasant. And Geralt's story is okay, but mo- most of the interesting stuff happens in the second half with him. So it's it's kind of almost treading water with him. He's kind of like going places and then returning and... Yeah, there's some some battle stuff in there, but I don't know. It's we like we like Geralt best when he's with either Yennefer and Ciri, and he's not at any point, at least so far where we are. So I'll give it a three. It's okay. Needs more Yennefer, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and more Dandelion. Yes, I'll jump in maybe as a, a counterweight to some of that. Um, I think I would give it a, a four beekeepers out of five for this first half of the book. I know we we cut it off before a lot of the the climax of the later chapters in the books, and that was mostly just based on I think size of of this book. That right. It would be four hundred and sixty something pages to cover on one podcast, and I don't think we do it we do it justice in one pod. So, um, but to me. Probably the reason it's not a five is just on. I'm on my first read, and man, the the way time skips around mm-hmm. and how jarring that is on a first read is tough. You get you have to slow down, and once you kind of get your bearings with that and realize it's happening a lot, it can go pretty well. But it's still that that piece of it is a challenge. The actual stories that they tell, um, Siri hanging out with Zakota. And the way that he saves her and the relationship that they build, I find very endearing um, and very sweet, you know, and grandfatherly. Even though Geralt is not with Siri and Yen, that the company has enough tension, that story was really good. Um, this section kind of ends with with Geralt accepting Kahir. Right. Um, you know, and then finally sort of making their peace. So I think... That's good. I like that part. You know. We've had, yeah, we've had almost a whole, a whole book of these two sort of quarreling and in this company together, but not trusting each other, and that, that tension as well as Milva and Regis kind of pushing on, and Dandelion pushing, all pushing Geralt not to be so right. broody and on his own, um, and to to trust the people around him. I think that's pretty compelling. Right. Well, it's um, like and, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep him around, then trust him or don't. Like get rid of him. Like. There's kind of no yeah. point in keeping him around and then not trusting him at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like failing to act, right? Like, Geralt just doesn't want to act one way or the other, um, and they're pushing him to make a decision. So, I, I found all that very well told and enjoyable and quick and easy to read. Finding out what happens in the future to Geralt's manuscript just made me so blindingly angry of any th- of everything in this book. I just got so mad when <laughs> dandelions. Wait, oh um, yeah, dandelions. Um, Fifty years of poetry just <laughs> ended up kindling because it was cursed. Yeah, I thought Half it was a century of poetry. It was, it was an odd choice to tell that story and give us the not happy ending to it, like before we before we even see him writing most of it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was sad. Yeah. yeah weird adam you are yeah i'll I'll give this uh like three and a half uh forced beekeepers out of five and uh half a half beekeeper is for the barber surgeon mention we got um earlier in the book uh yeah the series (laughs) stuff is just hard it's just real shit um Mm -hmm. i mean it's supposed to be it's not like it's i guess bad writing or anything it's just like come on uh, but yeah, like up, up until this point through, through these chapters, it's just kind of, there's, it is, it is very disjointed, like trying to figure out, wait, where am I now? What's going on? But you know, it's fun. I'm, I'm following each story, you know, like it tracks. It's just, uh, 
You leave that girl alone. <laughs> right. Don't touch my Siri. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what... I make no claims. Every single... That's been, Don't touch my Siri is basically what every single powerful person in the story is saying. Right. Um, which is sort of the main sad, sick drama of the, the whole I mean, story. Oh, all the rats getting killed, which, mm -hmm. like, they were all pretty shit. And then, right. Yeah. And so quickly, and so, like... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah, a, I mean, like... It's we, like a Terminator like moment. Them, we also... He, he made us despise them, for sure, because they're all kind of shit people. And um, it's just a very complicated, very complicated feelings around that, I think. She has that. The reader has that. Well, it's kind of interesting because in, in the way that um, in the way that Kevin mentioned earlier, it's like Geralt is getting his like posse, his his fellowship. And meanwhile, Siri just lost hers. So it's a little good just juxtaposition there. And she loses it instantly, like all at once in mo in in. Like you know what? What probably was a fifteen-minute battle at, at most. Yeah, <laughs> and she's and she's doing like the standard like you know I, we'll get to it, but she's doing like the standard like I'm gonna run, I'm gonna save everyone, and I'm gonna you know right. You know. Nope, not it's, happening. It is very tragic. Like whatever you think about about the rats and how not very good they are for Siri and and whatever they did they did. Um, she does consider them like her. Her team, so and her, her family. family, yeah, to some extent for for a while. So it's very brutal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Like we don't really care about them personally. Like we're totally. I'm. To, I was totally fine to see them all get killed and died. But what's upsetting is how it, you know, how it affects Siri, and that, that was her family gone again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's she's as much of a victim to them as uh, as she's like a part of the crew. It's kind of weird. So, well, that's that's and very much reflects the real world that you have powerful, toxic organizations or groups of people that everyone in it is simultaneously simultaneously victim and oppressor, right? Mm -hmm. That's a a normal thing, um, or normal in the sense common, not yeah. normal, not in the sense that it's okay. Right, so it's not. Um, okay, let's um, let's open up with a quick summary of what happened in Siri's story, uh, and then we'll cover cover Geralt, and then um, unfortunately, listeners, we're not going to talk much about Yin today, other than that we learned she's alive. Um, <laughs> That's ooh, good. Which is not much of a I don't think it's too much of a shock in the first six chapters, but we do get confirmation that she's still among the living characters in this portion of the book. So. We will talk more about her when she resurfaces later in the book. Sorry for the spoiler. <laughs> I don't think it is much of one. All right. So the story opens with, from the point of view of Vizocoda, or Vizocoda, however you want to say it, of Corvo. He's a hermit out in the swamp, about 100 years old, and he has found a fallen rider he initially thinks it's a boy, but finds out it's a girl with a large cut on her face and clinging to life. So he takes her back to his hut in the swamp where no one visits or no one would ever think to look. And <laughs> As we get reminded at the end of every single chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the point that people started to wonder if maybe it's hidden magically um, or if it's not on Earth or some sort of purgatory. I thought that. You might have thought that too. But... <laughs> Turns out, probably not. So, he nurses her back to health. He and Siri have sort of a, a cold, obviously cold relationship initially because they didn't know each other. Um, until eventually they start to tell each other stories of their past lives. Um, Siri then begins to relate essentially what's happened to her during the time of the, the previous book when we had very, very few Siri chapters and we were all wondering... What the heck was going on? Um, so, really, we're sort of uh, recapping what Siri did during Baptism of Fire, mostly, uh, in terms of the timeline, but it gets told to us in Tower of the Swallow. 
So Siri was initially content with her life among the rats, a, young, a gang of young outlaws, but was upset to hear from a tattooist, tattoo artist, that a princess, quote-unquote, with her name, was supposedly captured in the sack of Sintra and has been presented in Nilfgaard as the intended bride of Emperor Emhir Var Emris. Siri decided to return home, reclaim her birthright, and expose the emperor's lie. But changes her mind when she hears that the rats are being tracked by a notorious bounty hunter. She rushes back to the village only to see the bounty hunter, Leo Bonhart, who does not have a Bonhart, um, right. slaughter her friends, including her lover, Missile. That was bad, Kevin. Yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Siri tries to fight Bonhart, um, but he defeats and captures her. Nilfgaard's spymaster, Vatir de Rudeau, wants Siri captured alive, but the Imperial coroner, Stefan Skellen, a.k.a. Tony Al, secretly hired Bonhart to kill her. Instead of doing so, Bonhart takes her to his merchant cousin, Hoovenoggle. <laughs> Old Hoovenoggle. <laughs> um, who manages a gladiatorial arena. Siri is forced to fight for her life, thus confirming for Bonhart her identity and her training as a witcher. So Siri, I don't know if anybody, there's an immediate take for anybody. Immediate thoughts. I mean, it's just brutal to watch. and her. She's so, like, dejected here. It's like... Ugh. You know, I guess once she gets captured, there's kind of no happiness to be seen. <laughs> no hope, no nothing. She's just on a chain, and now she has to be a warrior in a, glad in a gladiator eating arena and all that shit. It's like, not fun reading. <laughs> it's not. And it, at least from my perspective, I have found myself very frequently saying, well, at least you know how it ends. You know she is safe in Zagoda. Like in his hut, and that's that's where all this leads to, and and that's okay. I think if this had just been told to us in real time, be worse. It might it might have been gut wrenching. Yeah, but I guess um, this was this was also quite confusing because I didn't really understand uh, Bernhardt's goal and, yeah. and what yeah. he Motivation. wanted from her. <laughs> For a while, and probably even for for the whole thing, and I guess that that's um, on purpose because Siri is confused as well as to what this guy is doing. But there it, there seems to be a deeper meaning to what he's doing, and the whole sword thing, and yeah, you have the the feeling that it's it's getting somewhere um, quite a, like destiny, you know. At the same time, it's absolutely horrific. Um, it, it was it, it was a bit confusing uh, just the tone in which it's it's being told and the fact that you don't really understand why he's doing what he what he does yeah mm -hmm. I think uh, in these in both the the, the series side and Garrett side of the story uh, Sapkowski is sort of toying around a lot more in these chapters with um, telling stories from multiple perspectives kind of more almost almost George R. R. Martin style, but more so also prioritizing a bunch of uh, perspectives of sort of uh, lesser characters, like the, the psychic woman or the, um, some, 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 some of her revenue and all those sort of things. I was say telling it from the point of view of like the Nilfgaard's tribunal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so, movie. yeah, and, and basically, Kind of uh, instead of just sort of just giving you what happened, which is much more commonly the way the, the, the previous chapters written. Now it's just you're trying to piece together what kind of happened, like and, and everybody is sort of an unreliable yeah. uh, narrator in that sense. Like yeah. Siri, she her her experiences obviously affected her so much emotionally that she is not the way she's portraying Bonhart is almost as like some sort of it's some sort of it's, he's less human uh, and more some sort of symbol, some sort of icon of fear, right? Right. Um, obviously, some of these other characters are also not you know, giving you the, the, the best perspective on exactly, on objectively, what actually happened. So I think I feel like that's interesting. And then I also sort of goes into the even the, the way which Dandel, the the, the Geralt chapters begin, in which it's actually Dandelion sort of writing about 
what happened from his perspective, but then mixed in a bunch of uh, scenes from actually when that, things were happening. Yeah, like, it's interesting, the way that Bonhart's portrayed, I kind of envisioned him as, like, the Terminator, you know? he's He doesn't seem to be very human, he seems to be very robotic, and he, but very, very good and dangerous, and, you know, he's he's like the enemy you don't want to go up against. But it's also really not clear what his motivations are. I mean, at first he's, you know, just the hired guy doing his job, but then, you know, his job was to get Siri and turn her over and she he refuses to and I'm still you know at least where I am reading still not clear why he did he made that choice why he didn't just turn her over and like what's up with this whole gladiator thing was that to prove who she is I'm I'm not clear mm. that's the case I don't know what the point of that is mm. like why is he turning her her over to be like this warrior princess kind of thing I think it's it's like to dehumanize her. Well, there's there's that. There's definitely that aspect, and also he is a sadistic motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also spoiler stuff, so I won't okay. get into that. <laughs> Which well, I've probably forgotten because I don't. I don't. Yeah. Know. Well, because you know there has to be something you know more going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we know that there's like he has he's like, he accepted a bunch of different contracts at one time. Mm-hmm. Right. He he has Skellen. He's supposedly working for Skellen, but he's completely just ignoring Skellen. Uh, he supposedly got this contract with this baron, who's also he just, he just turned out around and forced the people collecting the contract to fight Siri in glad, uh, gladiatorial combat. He's kind of playing a bunch of different sides. But then there's there's definitely also like weird moments where you think there's about to be like a like a Siri and Bonhart bond, right. like a couple times, like when he makes it very clear from the beginning that that what there's not a <laughs> sexual interest which is always i'm just saying that's always something that or it's something that you see in these books you or not these books but generally when there's sort of a younger female character and an older male if there's going to be that big tough guy and child relationship they usually try to get that out of the way as a first step and right. i don't know there were moments where i was like is there like is I guess they were, I just sort of sensed it as like being there as a sense of to pervert what was actually happening. Like it was meant to be sort of the the wrong version of her relationship with Geralt. Like, like a nigga Geralt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not saying that I ever really truly thought that there would be just that there was maybe moments that were thrown in to yeah. like make you think it for a split second so that it then yeah. felt I mean, that and, much and more like... worse. I mean, and his whole thing, it, he, I don't even think he was really saying, like, oh, I'm not, like, into her necessarily. It just, that, to me, to me felt like, he's like, look, I'm all business. I don't mess around with that, you know, right. sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it, at times you definitely get vibes of, like, The Hound and Arya or other, like, similar stories. Like, is there going to be that, like, respectful bond where he teaches her how to, you know, be or what? But, but. It, he's so nasty that like like on some level he's la- nastier than any of those other characters that have done that so you know it's just abusive and not cool in my yeah, head not. he's like the creepy bald guy from ever after <laughs> don't remember who that is but I know, um I saw it, but... iconic moment if you even want to say it between bonhart and siri is when he uh gives her her sword which sort of is iconic sword for Siri because it's it's literally named after her well uh, her her icon if you will Zerel or right. uh, the Swallow and it, and also hints that he knows her a lot like a lot more than he lets on oh well, I mean later on he also reveals that he kind of knows that he opened up about her past with the the Witchers as well right it hints at a different deeper knowledge of who she is and what she represents than many of these other people that she has encountered after the, the Phantom Isle incident. And maybe maybe that is where some of you get some of that these ideas. Um, that said, Bonhart is an absolute like it's an absolutely evil person that unlike like the hound. Like the, the hound is is fundamentally not a bad person, right? Oh. <laughs> I mean he's been twisted. He's damaged. He's damaged. Like but like Bonhart is just there's there's no, no there's nothing redeeming about Bonhart. So I put right. it that way. And there's not going to be any anything redeeming about it. Like I, I can 
Yeah, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Spoiler, it's not okay. nothing Yeah, I can't imagine suddenly yeah, him can, him becoming yeah. the best friend. You know. Yeah, you can guess though, right? Something, somebody like right. that. There's nothing redeeming right. really at the end about him. Yeah, maybe it's better to say like he's a smart, a smarter version of Gregor than he is a than he is like the Hound. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, we'll refer to Song of Ice and Fire. Get used to it. That's kind of what we do. It, it is literally called a, a, a pot a style of Song of Fire, Eyes of Fire still in our name, right? Well, I mean, King's Grave is Song of Eyes of Fire. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm feeling it. Sorry, I've, I keep uh, breaking the fourth wall in our discussion. I'm feeling a bit um, Subkowski esque today. Feeling a bit cheeky like he is in his writing. <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, Siri watching what happens with the rats? I know we've alluded to that a couple of times. I think that seemed to shape her quite a bit. And well, and before that she was having her kind of complicated feelings about yes, missile, no missile, you know, right. and then like, now there's no missile to worry about, I guess. <laughs> yep. That's one way to end a relationship, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. And bloody murder. It's just that much more tragic for, um, for Siri because she, like she didn't get to really decide for herself, or oh, she kind of did, and that got taken away from her because right after she decides to leave, and that yeah. this is not actually her place, this happens, and and it transforms something that could have stayed a kind of healthy uh, end to to that p- period in her life into this huge trauma. So fair. As that scene was unfolding, did anyone wonder if Bonhart was like a a former witcher or that he'd had witcher training and then left or something along those lines? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I've uh, had that idea. No, he more just struck me as generic mercenary who's good at it, <laughs> but yeah. but amazingly good at it. Like, I mean, he took a, a whole troop of people in, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah, I think it was just the way he was fighting, like, I mean, it was almost like the, how overpowered Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are, right? Like, it, it was right, that. Right. So I was like, it, the only person we've seen that way in this world is, is Geralt. Like, right. no one else. Oh, well, no, take on. no. No, there's, uh, what's his name? Belgafort's. Belgafort's beat, beat Geralt. Right. Yeah, but he's a sorcerer. I'm saying, like, the only, like, true... Belgoforce didn't yeah, use but... sorcery to beat Geralt. <laughs> you don't think he was like was magically just... enhanced all his reactions and. Oh, he he claimed he did. But anyways, the idea is that. It... Oh, we're just trusting Belgoforce's word now. Is that where we are, being? <laughs> yes, yes, Belgoforce, the, the most trustworthy person here. <laughs> uh, but but uh, the idea with Bahar, like, there's not, it's not just witchers, right? And also, the way he fights is not the same as the witchers. You can sort of tell. Um, He's much more just about brute force, right? Just being a bit more nimble, and I, I, right. I, 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 people who take into situation, he's he's just like, just just bashing people, right? When he was fighting the rats, he fights like Rob and Geralt fought, fights gracefully like Jon Snow. People forget that because of the show. Oh. <laughs> Rob, Jon is slender and graceful in the book. Was, anyways, <laughs> tangent. Kind of the other thought that I had was. Just how comforting it is to have all of this told um, in the past tense. Yeah. You know, all of this told from the perspective of knowing that Siri has had some semblance of recovery, which is just everything going on in this book. It's the reprieve we all need. Like, I don't know how much there is to say about it or if other people have thoughts, but at least for me, just knowing that someone in this world didn't want to get things out of Siri, he didn't care about her birthright or her magical abilities. He just saw a, a teenager that needed help in the forest, and he helped her, and he was a kind grandpa about it. Although you do have to wonder at times, is is this going to go somewhere bad? You know, I mean, this is Sapkowski. It wouldn't surprise me if something bad comes of this, but so mm-hmm. far it's nice. I agree that it's nice. It's nice to have this guy who's not, who's not a bad guy, apparently. Siri is traumatized, but more than that, like you, her story is horrific but she as she 
tells it to to this guy who whose name is not I'm not going to try to pronounce <laughs> today. It's so good. Visigoda? No. Yeah. Is that two eyes? Yeah, that. anyway. <laughs> um, it's Y. It's got a lot of Ys, so you choose. <laughs> this um, I is on you. Yeah. Um, she She's still very, like, she doesn't really trust Sam, at least not at first. Um, and it's still hard to read uh, because you can see how just changed she is physically and, and psychologically, of course. There definitely also is the barrier and left this feeling neutral. So maybe I, I'm not counting it against Visigoda, but I would understand if someone did the, and Siri brings it up later, the idea that a, I mean, he bathes her entirely and while she's unconscious. And, you know, I think maybe in Sapkowski's mind, that was meant to be an entirely medical, like non creepy thing. It's right. Hard but not, it's creepy. It's, yeah, but it comes away creepy. But you know, I don't know. Um, that that is a lot. I mean, I think it can be both, right? Like it, it mm -hmm. can be not creepy in in the mind of of Visigoda, even him. Um, but the way um, Siri perceives it, because because of what she's been through, and and because uh, of basically how vulnerable she feels. Um, uh, is is uh, it, it is creepy and it is um, like a violation of her um, right. um, body in a way that was not ill intended, ill intended, and was probably necessary even. And yeah, it's uh, it can be both, which is um, which is yeah uh, an interesting thing I think in in that part of the story. One thing I'm not clear about: Have we, in the in the stuff we've seen in flashbacks, seen her get the scar on her face? No, I that, didn't think so. Right. So does not happened by the end of chapter six. So, so that brings up an interesting point, which is how you were saying how it's nice to see. We know, you know, knowing that it's in flashback and that she survives makes reading this easier because we know that you know she's going to come out of it. But at the same time. We also know the worst is yet to come because whatever puts her in the state that we first find her in with a huge scar on her face and being so injured like she can't move and is likely going to die, but although she doesn't, you know, we know that whatever bad she's already endured, it's going to get worse. So that's so it's like it creates a weird like double dichotomy and that you've got the. It's, it makes us feel better to know that she's safe, but we know that she's not safe. It's going to get bad. The old double dichotomy. Or maybe just a single dichotomy. I don't know. <laughs> I think the word dichotomy itself, that's the uh, innate meaning of... Right. <laughs> two. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. Uh, wait, no, no. I, I, it's a real I, dichotomy. Right. Well, well didn't, didn't... Wasn't a scar briefly actually even mentioned how he, she got it? It was just not like specified the circumstance. Well, so initially what happened was that Visigoda found her with the cut on her face. Right. And that yeah. was why she, she was laying like in the bushes dying and he yeah. found her. And so we don't know why, how she got that cut okay. on her face. Just right. that, you know, she had a cut okay. on her face and she'd fallen off her horse and he found her. Right. In that right. case, I'm remembering things from later chapters and that I should not I'll stop right. talking. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that I hadn't missed it because so much bad happens to her. I'm like, it's very possible that like her face got slashed and I missed it. <laughs> At this point, we still don't know how she escaped, how she right. Right. Uh, got to that point. Never, never mind the the injuries. Right. It's clearly not going to be the the happy ending part. So. But then again, do we ever expect that from Sapkowski? Uh, you know, I don't know what to expect from him, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah, Marie mentioned that it wasn't there were definitely was not trust initially in the relationship, but I did think it, even by this point in the book, it had built a good bit and that Siri was starting to just to warm up and connect to another human, which in terms of her, you know, her trauma and where she's at is, I think that's a good thing. And it's impressive. Like she, which it probably helps. She's younger. I know generally they say that it's easier for younger people to, to heal from trauma. I don't know if that's true, but 
barrier starts to break down a bit in these first few chapters and starts to at least accept that not everyone in the world is are the people that she's been dealing with. I mean, she's basically just been dealing with the nastiest political players and mercenaries and the people that have essentially decided to play power games and she's their pawn. And I think seeing, seeing that is nice. Um, just seeing that there's still a lot of humanity in her and ability to connect and that whatever, whatever she does in the rest of the story, that maybe she's not just going to become all these, all these other players that have just become focused on power and nothing else. Maybe she's not tied to that. I guess maybe the only other character in the series section we start to get a better idea of is Stefan Skellen slash Tawny Owl. So he, he just sort of came came into the books with this nickname attached to him. Yeah, <laughs> but we have no idea why. It's Stefan Skellen, a.k.a. Tawny Owl. <laughs> I, think because, I think it's because like, he's kind of a spy, right? He, so, so he gets like a solid snake. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, so, speaking of language, one thing I thought was interesting is that we didn't, other than maybe a couple of mentions of Tony Al, we didn't get Sapkowski using his trope of, you know, giving a character a nickname that we're going to use for the next, like, f for like 500 times in six pages. And then that, like, you know, we didn't get a barber surgeon or, you know, in fact, I think he only gets mentioned as a barber surgeon like once in the entire book. But they after did talk being... about forest beekeepers like 200 times. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, so he did use the trap. Okay, and the the hut being in a swamp that no one would ever think to <laughs> yeah, look yeah, in yeah. is right. Um, he did it with a whole paragraph okay. instead. <laughs> All right, let's move to <laughs> the portion of these chapters that covers Geralt and his merry band. So, having inadvertently saved the life of Queen Meave of Rivia in the previous novel, Geralt and his merry band, the Bard Dandelion, Milva the Archer. Higher vampire, Regis, and the former Nilfgaardian soldier, who will tell you he was never Nilfgaardian, Cahir. Continue to, they continue to travel with Meave's army, but Geralt is impatient to find a group of druids whom he believes can locate Ciri. During their journey, they learn that a bounty has been placed on their heads by a mysterious half-elf and a group of criminals led by a man named Nightingale. Partnering up with a former member of this group, a young woman named Angulame, who resembles Siri, they intend to sprint to spring the bandit's trap and question them for information on who hired them, though Geralt already suspects it is the sorcerer Vilgefortz. He's right. He's a smart one. <laughs> on their way to find Nightingale, they stumble upon the half the half-elf instead, a brigand named Skiru. Skyru. Pronounce it how you want. Um <laughs> and attempt to question him. He sees through their ruse, and a fight breaks out, in which Cahir is injured, forcing him and Geralt into hiding. During this time, Geralt and Cahir make peace with one another before reuniting with the rest of their merry band. Pronunciation cast. Are we going with Angoulême to make, since it sounds can, French? Can we uh, ask Marie to, to, to pronounce yeah. this? It sounds okay. French to me, so... This is actually the name of a town... Uh, of a city, I should say, uh, yeah. in France, um, and we would pronounce it Angoulême. Okay, good. I got. I was right. Uh, but okay. that's a lot of nasal <laughs> with the uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so oh, oh. <laughs> Angoulême, yeah, <laughs> and a, um, a real ooh and not whatever <laughs> like two o's uh, would work. Um, I mean, I have fun saying Angoulême. But, you know, <laughs> you got to say what you want. I'm saying Angoulême. very rarely pronounce uh, the e's. vowel at the end of the words, uh, yeah. especially the E's. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, muted, uh, mostly. silent E. Yeah, silent E, yeah. Sorry, well, you're, I, sorry to ruin your southern sensibilities, but... <laughs> but it's say, actually probably more my Spanish. However you want. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, I thought his, these chapters were pretty fun. Um, encounter some some small folk who are pretty clearly just lying to them, but no, 
the Geralt's Merry Band's like, we don't really know the right way to go, and this is a way to keep going, so let's just go that let's way. Let's go anyways. Even <laughs> once it's clear they are lying to them, once they figure it yeah. out. You know, um, but I think it's sort of like they all know that they're not really sure which way to go, and this is a kind thing that they can do for some people, even if they're being lied to, so just do it. <laughs> Um, it also gives them a purpose, right? Like, yeah. even if if they are aware that these people are are lying, they actually do need protection, and yeah, it's something to do. And <laughs> in 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 this um, weird and frustrating quests, where half of them are convinced that Siri is dead anyway. Right. It's it's weird though, because Geralt is like trying to hurry to get to her because he feels like if he doesn't get to her something bad's going to happen to her yet he also thinks that something bad has already happened to her but he's still like I'm trying to hurry to get there but then he wastes time with these beekeepers it's, I, I it's honestly doesn't I, I don't understand Geralt in this book and the previous one um, where you, you get get the feeling that he is very anxious to get to Siri, but but it's not like he's actually very um, active in trying to find where she is. I don't know. It's just... Um... Oh, I think the main problem is he doesn't know where she is. Right. Yeah, um, and he has no way of finding out, having... I guess. That he, like, he doesn't have any source of information, but but he's kind of moody and at the same time not... I, I don't I know. I think that's it's... the main... Yeah. I mean, that's the, main, that's the main problem is that it's not so much that he isn't trying to find Siri, he's definitely trying, it's just he doesn't know how to do so. But the problem is the, the, the fact that he doesn't know how to find Siri is just makes him kind of an asshole half right. the time she's, she's with the party. Right, and I think he's also now grasping at straws, like, oh yeah, hopefully these druids can help me, or, you know, oh, we, we don't even know where those druids are, oh shit. Um, well, I heard that she's over there, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, well, and he really desperation can't... more than anything. Yeah, and he really can't go into society. Like, he can't go to a city. He can't um, go to even large towns, really, because he's, one, he's rec relatively recognizable. And we've seen that in every story so far with him, that people know who he is, generally. He's a, you know, he's this gigantic man that has long white hair. and Well, thanks to Dandelion, ironically. Yeah. Because thanks to Dandelion, everyone knows who he is. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, he, and people know who Dandelion is, like so, right? And know that they run together. So like, he can't just go into the places where there might be information about where she is. So he's sort of left like hanging to the the side roads. Like when he's with the the beekeepers, they go through all these side paths, and and he just has to sort of keep marching forward, looking for something, even if it's in the wrong direction. But. I mean, I think it does bring out the whole, you know, we're used to the modern world where if you want to find someone, you look on the Internet or you chat with people or whatever. Like, like if you think about it in medieval times, if you were in the middle of, say, France and you were looking for a girl who's somewhere in, in Europe, like, how would you actually go about finding that person? You know, I mean, probably not so easy. <laughs> and knowing that, like, if she's not in a court or uh, like. She's not in a city herself, like that. You most likely would get reliable information on that relatively quickly. Whereas, Geralt knows she's just wandering out there in all likelihood. But would you though? Um, I mean, like, let's say you were in like the equivalent of like a village outside Paris, and someone was in London or was in I don't know Barcelona. How would you find them in medieval times? Like, you know, how would you know? Who would know? It's not like it's not like people in are spreading word, hey, this girl's in, you know, well, <laughs> city to city. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know because I wasn't there uh, then, but I would expect... You're not a thousand years old? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Um, <laughs> I, you I have the wisdom of it, though. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I don't know how to say we, that. We feel like you're a thousand years old, Marie. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Says the old guy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Says the oldest guy in the podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I do think that there are, like, fewer people, in a sense, uh, in the Witcher world and in right. uh, medieval times Europe. That yeah, cities, that, cities aren't what they are now. Yeah, and so I think you can, like, have a pretty 
faithful drawing and be like, have you seen this girl? I don't, I'm not sure it would work, but um, I do think that there are things that you could try, but he's not even close to where Made of three and is. ten. Blue eyes yeah. and hair. <laughs> well, we, we did see in, in The Song of Ice and Fire that it's not very effective, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. It's sort of probably two similar characters in terms of their detective abilities. Yeah, but, but like, with... I guess yeah, maybe Geralt's probably a little better, but... It's frustrating, because... But at least she's like, she's like trying. She's going places, making decisions. I'm going to try there and there and there. With girls, it seems like he's almost going. He doesn't doesn't know where he's going, and and I guess that's a frustrating thing for me. But but you you I I don't remember who said that, but you're definitely right that we're used to thinking of how we would look for people in our time. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least the druids. I guess magic is probably his best right, bet. Exactly. And, yeah. and he can't really... Most magic would be sorcerers and sorceresses, and they're oh. in <laughs> cities. Um, and, you know, not, they're in they're in castles. Like, he can't go to them. So and he, even if he could, would he, even if he could, would he? I mean, think about his most recent, you know, interactions well, with sorcerers. I know. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was, I was about to say. Like, what... What does he think happened to Yennefer at this point? Does he believe that she was a traitor, that she worked with Vigil Force, uh, that she's he, dead? He, he has that thought at various points, and then at other points he doesn't think that that could possibly be true. It seems like he sort of goes back and forth on that. He's always going to be Team Yen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, so I don't get why he didn't try to find her and and they could look together for Siri. I mean, I guess uh, his search for Yennefer might not have been any more... Right. Um, just, I, I think the same problem. But, I think it's he also thinks yeah. she's dead at various points. Yeah, that might be it. There's, so he gets news at one point that she's... It just feels like he... He didn't... I guess he didn't have that many allies before, and but it does feel like he's very alone in his own quest where he he could maybe not be, but but maybe I'm too. Uh, I'm the kind of person who. But he's got just, a fellowship now. <laughs> yeah, but that people who joined with him, but um, he didn't really go and look for them. They are helpful, but they don't know where Siri is. It's not like um, he investigated. Well, that's my. Point. I mean, let's be honest. No one in the world. No one in this yet. entire world knows where Ciri is. I mean, yeah. you've got you've got the Emperor of Nilfgaard looking for her, and he's failing. So why would Geralt have any better luck? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, he's got the entire resources of an empire, and he can't find her. So, <laughs> well, except yeah, but then you his, don't see you don't see Geralt asking around. That's my point. Is uh, I mean, his coroner. Tony Al works for technically works for the Emperor. Yeah, he's just so he and he knows where Siri is. Yeah. He's just not feeding that information up the chain to right. yeah, he's a duplicitous motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. that's yeah, a right uh, the right combination of words. <laughs> uh, yes. I'd also add that uh, Geralt also probably is of the mind that if Yennefer is alive, she knows how to take care of herself. Like she's more powerful than he is. Right. Unless he thinks she's in prison somewhere or, you know, in some sort of trap somewhere or whatever, then she's going to be more capable of taking care of herself. And if she is, I'm sure he's also thinking if she's alive, she's probably looking for Siri. Like, it's just a different dynamic. Like, I, I don't think he's ever really felt protective of Yennefer, and he feels like his first priority well, to Siri is protection. Yeah, but he could look for Yennefer for help. It's. It it does feel like there are units at some point uh, in 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 whatever book uh, the the one where Thanatos happens and but this is all part of the thing that I I like these books but there's just something some little things that I cannot really understand that bothers me and I'm trying to express it but but I I don't really know um, what it is. There could be half as much of Geralt wandering around as there right. is. Right. And not do. lose much from the story. You could definitely argue that. I, I mean, if you look at his entire, you know, we, we summed up about four, five big long chapters of a book in like two paragraphs. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I think 
I think part of the problem for me is that we get their point of view, like girls and series, and but we don't really get their thinking at at any point. Like the the writing is very, it's both from their point of view, but kind of exterior to them at the same at the same time. And I think that's why I'm having issues really relating and understanding their decisions. That's a good point. There's not, I mean. To compare it to Song of Ice and Fire, we so much with every character have moments where we can remember a mantra that they're repeating in their head to themselves to get through a difficult situation or whatever. We just don't have much of that. Yeah. Well, some of we that may also be process. some and of that may hear. be the characters themselves. I mean, I don't feel like Geralt is the kind of person who spends a lot of time thinking about things. He just goes and does them. You know, just as opposed to say, as opposed to say a Jamie, as opposed to a Jamie, like I think Jamie might give a lot more thought to it or, you know. Yeah, but but we don't get sentences like my initial reaction was that I wanted to insult this person, but I bit my tongue and I decided to say this courteous thing instead because I thought that might work better. Like we don't get that stuff, which definitely adds another layer to characters probably do get some of that, but. Not to the extent that you remember specific examples or that it feels like a major part of the story. That's a really good point, Marie. I hadn't thought of that. One thing I, I think, one thing though I didn't like about Geralt's chapters is that we built up this big, you know, we built up this big fellowship and then we get very little of the rest of the fellowship in it. I mean, we get, we get a lot of Geralt and Kahir. I mean, we don't we see Dandelion a little bit and a little bit of Milva, but not much. And I like these characters. And, and same with Regis. We get very little of them. And I'm not sure if that's because there's more coming or if, you know, they're less important or what. But, you know, it just feels like I would like to have seen them do more. It feels very television like where, mm-hmm. you know, you have a new character join the group and they have their initial tension. And then sort of right. once that's worked out, they right. maybe. They fade into the background. They fade into the background. We definitely, I think, do have probably the two most highlighted characters from the band outside of Geralt are in this section of chapters would be Angulame. Angulame. Angulem. Angulem. (laughs) Angulem. 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 (laughs) If we want to start with um angulame angulame okay so i think Geralt just took her in because she looks like siri right exactly <laughs> exactly that's the only thing i really get from her well there's also what i think is the most important thing about her character which is that she calls everyone uncle <laughs> um okay uncle cool. kevin okay uncle yeah. kevin <laughs> yeah. pretty cool felt very i felt very heard and it was it was a call out to you did it make you feel creepy? <laughs> yeah. She's interesting. She's this kind of character where you see she's mainly... She's not like the best person, but you, you can see that it's mostly from circumstance um, and that yep. she she did... She allied with some people because she, she kind of had to. And that makes her an interesting character because now she's allied with the good guys and and um, she's capable of good things <laughs> in a sense. Um, yeah, and she's badass. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she's almost more plot device than character. Like she's in there to to help Geralt in certain things and with her knowledge, and you know her her knowing the underworld helps him a lot. So I don't yeah, feel, I guess I, at first, yeah. We do get some of her backstory, and I feel like it's cool because this seems like maybe the first time she's ever had a lot of agency in her life. Right. You know, it kind of seems like she got drugged into the underworld and being an outlaw and banditry and all that and hasn't had a very clean way out, and this is, this is sort of it. Like, she needed protection to get out of that world, and Geralt provides that, right. but also Geralt doesn't require that she stay with him or anything like that so yep i mean i do i do feel like the you know physical 
you know, similarity to Siri is, is meant to be there to be more, you know, metaphorical in that in many ways, I feel like they're very similar characters or, you know, an innocent girl who bad things happen to, and then she tries to take, take, you know, charge of her own life and, you know, make it as what it is. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm almost picturing Siri in all of the scenes with her. Like if Siri's life had gone a little differently, this would be her. I mean, that's pretty much the intention of the offer to sort of give you because basically the same they have the same the same arc with gangs and where series of course her story ends much more tragic in a, in a way it's very similar in that they all ran into sort of men for hire and their, their, and their gang died <laughs> right 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 <laughs> I mean Gerald of course is a much more uh, benevolent, benevolent benevolent figure compared to Bonhart um, <laughs> just a little <laughs> just a little um, but yeah but 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 like also, I just wanted to point out, it's like Nightingale is such a cool, cool, much, it's too cool of a nickname for someone named Homer. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no actual deep discussion. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> and it turned out to be very disappointing. The whole trap thing's fun to read, but I don't know how much there is to discuss. I mean, it's interesting or exciting, I guess, more than interesting, if that makes sense. True. If I'm wrong about that. No, it's it's a it's like a bunch of random factions that don't matter in the long run. One of the biggest developments since the band has formed when we see Geralt and Kahir sort of patch things up. Geralt has you know his paternalistic instinct towards Siri, and Kahir admits that a lot of his desire to save her isn't that he wants her for himself, even though he kind of does, but he realizes that would never be possible. But he could at least be around her if she <laughs> were in the Nilfgaardian capital and was empress but that he did genuinely want the best for her and want her to be safe um and happy and all those good things i do think it's interesting that we get their patching up in the most like bro kind of way and that they have a big huge fight and then decide okay i'm gonna trust you now (laughs) like it's a very so it's you know i don't know it's a very odd way to to come together but but it works for for these characters so that's fine (laughs) yeah there's some relationships in life that go strong that grow stronger once you've punched each other beating the crap out of each other (laughs) a weird thing but yes very bro (laughs) (laughs) but i I did think it was interesting that i mean kahir basically admits he is doing what Geralt suspects him of doing which is looking for siri on behalf of nilfgaard but Geralt is fine with it because Geralt realizes that at least Kahir's intentions are that Siri's not forced into things. Was at least how I took it that Siri is safe and has the agency to figure out what she wants to do and that sort of thing. Not that she's forced to marry the emperor, um, but that that would just be the outcome that Kahir would want. Kahir, I think hopefully everybody likes him a lot better going forward from this right. chapter because he's he's a cool character. I feel like the the Netflix show kind of. Without without spoiling anything from that show, they kind of didn't really do him that that uh, do him a lot of justice in that in his portrayal in the show. Yeah, I mean, you think about the way he's been portrayed in the books; he is genuinely terrifying in the first couple books. You know, the idea of him, this rider with with the the feathers in his helmet, and we don't really see him fight a ton in the first couple books. But we later, I mean, we later learn that he's one of the, you know, one of the best fighters in the in the series, like at the Battle at the Bridge, where we just see him Aragorn mode, just cutting people down too, right? You know, he goes, I mean, the fact that he can even go toe-to-toe with Geralt says something, right? Like that he can, that can, he can hang with a witcher is impressive. This guy is just terrifying. And then there's like this moment where he's unmasked and he just, is tiny it's like pennywise at the when he's little at the end of those movies or something like the mask comes off and then he's sort of built back up and you see that there was a reason that he was feared but also he's, he's just a guy i don't know i think that whole journey is pretty interesting other than a lot more is going to happen in the second half <laughs> oh baby <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what the actor really is. Yeah, right. Uh, and yeah, prepare for a weird twist. 
Yeah. Y'all that have not finished the second half, it gets wild, baby. <laughs> Teaser for next episode. I, 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 I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that, there was not really a double meaning there, I don't think that was intended, but oh, if really? I did one. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they okay. I, 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 we can just say that they appear in the very in the very first chapter, the Wild Hunt. They're sending us something going on with them, right? Oh yeah, that's true. That's mentioned in the first chapter, the Wild Hunt. I was not thinking of that, but I'll edit it to seem like I was. <laughs> yeah, make yourself sound smarter. Yeah, the key important role of editing. Yeah, I kind of have like vague details of all that anyway from the games and like, you know, casually browsing the wiki at some point in the past. <laughs> Casual wiki browsing. Always use protection from spoilers when you do that. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had the red wedding spoiled that way. <laughs> oh no. You can't spoil truly good story given. Right. Oh, hi. Scottish Grandma Adam. <laughs> How did that? All right now, Kevin. What'd you give up for Lent? Uh, okay. Well, we calling it. Yep. I guess we are. Right? Okay. Well, everyone, this has been our coverage of the first six chapters of the Tower of the Swallow, or Tower of Swallows. Again, depending on where you got your book from. That's so weird. <laughs> yes. We will be back for the second half um, in just a few weeks. We'll finish this book up. This has been Vassals of Kingsgrave, Witcher Edition. Thanks, everybody. You can't spoil truly good story, Kevin. Right. Oh, hi, Scottish Grandma Adam. What? <laughs> Maybe that's different from oh, French, yeah. I think. Can, can yeah. someone write it up in the, in the chat? Yeah. Because in, in French, I don't... I don't even get what, what those words are. Um, but it's, it's definitely yeah, not it's an a, owl. Yeah. It's a cat. And... And the second word... No, an owl's a bird. An owl's a bird. Yeah? Yeah. You okay. mean in the French... Um, in the French, in yeah. In the French translation? Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, French translation. The Tony owl's a type of an owl. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to look it up, because I, I, I think I just don't really understand what it is in French, uh, but uh, it's definitely not immediate translation. I mean, it doesn't huh. seem like it, but uh, I'm going to look it up and come back to you for the following of uh, the next bit of translation cast. Right, right. Okay. No, this is actually good translation talk. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pins and needles. I'm happy to wait for this. We can edit the wait <laughs> out. Are you looking it, it up right now? It, oh, it's the same. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, no, well, I mean, Goodbye. This is crazy. The word in French for that type of of bird um, actually include includes the word for cat, which makes no sense. Okay. But apparently it does. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's the same, which oh, wow. I guess <laughs> describes him in some way. I don't know why we call him this. Oh no! You can't spoil truly good story, Kevin. Right. Oh hi. Scottish grandma Adam. So I, while we're in these digressions for a second, tawny is not a word that I knew the definition. So I looked that up and it means of an orange brown or yellowish brown color. Right. I, I knew that because I'm a waiter. So is it got, similar to tawny tabby then? Like when we're talking about. I mean, that's why I was thinking like tawny tabby is kind of like that could be a cat. But... Yeah. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a color. I only know that because I'm a, I'm a waiter and there's tawny ports port wines uh, so I you have tanya tanya ruby port so <laughs> ah
Once in a while, cunt. once in a while, my waitering skills and history comes in handy. <laughs> sommelier. <laughs> Somali Dave. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not a sommelier, but. <laughs> That's a French word. <laughs> That's right. I mean, isn't like half of English French originally French? Right. Uh, and the other half is ger- was German. <laughs> yeah, but we're snobby about it, so we say we that the so French many. words came from Latin. <laughs> okay, time to edit in Abby giving us the real history. <laughs> uh, we have so many English words in French now, and mm-hmm. and. I'm I'm guilty of doing that as well and mixing the two, so it's nice when when there's a French word in English. Right. Language goes all around. I remember when I went to Japan, we had a little translation guide in in our little in our group's handbook, and I remember being amused that the word for laptop in Japan was rapatapa. <laughs> I mean, I mean, most 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 like a bunch of like modern technology all have western words right. they're all just transliterated western words right. they, have a, they have a whole right. alphabet just for these long words from the west right yeah like we don't have time for that. right this is an exact conversation we've had on a witcher <laughs> witcher podcast <laughs> okay let's Sorry move on that. um so, <laughs> all right I'm well a, i'm at fault here <laughs> yeah. okay. no that's okay um i will say marie though that you're saying it's nice to hear a French word in English. Is it? Is it really nice to hear my Southern American accent mangle <laughs> French <Absolutely>. words? <laughs> Why not? So, all right. I wouldn't know Baguette. how to pronounce this word uh, in English either. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll do a no English podcast soon. It's just all of us yelling in other languages. This is what we are now. We are a community around languages. No more fantasy or or uh, cultural appreciation from this group. It's just language, nothing else. All right. One of my favorite parts of the, the Lord of the Rings books was the the, 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 the appendix of all the language stuff. So. Right, right. Yeah, that is fun. That is a fun, fun piece of it. No! Okay. <laughs> Got us. <laughs> yep. Sure are nerds. Here. Yeah. I mean, no. Pretty much all of us. Right. If all you're talking right. for hours about a few chapters of a of a fantasy book, you're a nerd. I mean, let's be just honest. a whole bu- just a whole bunch of barber surgeons. There we go. <laughs> all right. Which, by the way, that is a real historical Segway. term. Um, I learned from the. Shout out to the Pirate History Podcast. So it is a real term that was used quite frequently in, until recently, maybe the last century or so. Barber surgeon. I guess that means you like to cut a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, 